Only I'm not gonna lie, you were one of the the top requested podcast episodes. I've had people asking me when are you getting Brendan on, when are you getting Brendan on. I think I think it's it's good to start by saying that we're not actually boys like that. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know why people think we're friends. I've never liked them. <laughs> we're sorted to be honest. <laughs> we had this, this weird, like this picture just coming from me. I, I didn't know really what I did wrong. I was just like, like, oh, Jordan had a bad mood. Um, I remember, I think Josh mentioned it in his podcast. It was about, um, the Audi car park days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that is just, you look back on it and you, it's one of those moments where you think, like, if we could just go back to that point and just stand there as we are right now. I think we'd just be having a beer and just laughing at ourselves. It was just dumb, man. It wasn't even a fight. It was just, they were just shouting and pushing. And I think at one point I threw party rings at you. And then everyone just gassed everything up. Oh. And then we left. <laughs> I remember we walked to the bus stop together. We were chatting and nothing happened. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want to go KFC? Those were the days when you can settle a, settle a dispute by like, 30 seconds of, of pushing and then it's like, alright we're friends now alright cool yeah, that's, that's, that's enough you're hungry? yeah I'm kind of hungry yeah yeah come let's go <laughs> those are the days man how have you been since? what have you learned in the last rest. last 20 years 20 years that's, that's a long I'm time gonna, back man recap would, that, that would have that would have been like year 9 innit What? How did you cough up? Yeah. Yeah, year nine. We were, we were young, man. You were still in... No, no, no. You already switched. You were in A2. Right? Uh, not a clue. <laughs> I, was, I think, so I think yeah. it was year nine. We were, we, were still, we were still, like, just young and dominant. I mean, mm. still younger, but younger and dumber. <laughs> yeah, for real. Flipping out. Yeah, man. I just find it funny how I'm on a, a podcast for people that's gone to uni, innit? <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't went to uni. So I'm just like, oh, it's good to be here. I don't belong. I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of stepping inside the club, like, yeah, okay. It's, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> Would you have gone to uni if you could have gone back? I mean, if not for. Obviously, obviously we're talking about yeah I mean we'll talk about Singapore in depth in a sec as well but if you didn't have to do national service would you have gone to uni yeah 100% 100% but I think I would have gone to uni for the wrong reasons to be honest I feel like I would have gone just because everyone else was going you know what I mean I mm. think that's why a lot a lot of not just me I feel like a lot of other people out there would have done this would have done, will do, have done the same thing. Like, things everyone else is doing, is you'd kind of take it as, oh yeah, like, this is the next step. Like, I do have to go to uni and get a degree and all that kind of stuff. Which, I mean, that's pretty much what I did in, in A-level, to be honest. Like, the jump from O-level to A-level. I was like, oh sorry, GCSE to A-level. Like, oh, everyone's, I mean, majority's staying on the same mark. So yeah, I'm gonna stay on the same marks. And then I went on to completely fail my first year of A levels and then I kinda realized like 
like this isn't a path for me. I need to I need to do something else. I need to do something that I'll actually focus on, like enjoy. You know what I mean? Because mm. I realize that, like, it's, it's bad and good at the same time. Depends on how you take it. It's like I know that if I'm not enjoying a subject, it's like I don't. I tend not to put the amount of work in, or like that that focus and the concentration is not there because I just feel like it's a drag. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On A levels, I just completely screwed up. And then um, they offered me, who is it, man? Miss Crouch. Oh, 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 oh God, I would slap her right now. Oh, I hate her, man. <laughs> and now, she was just so vexing. I just thought her teeth were always, like, in my face, bro. Just, like, just right there. It was like a weapon. My Lord. Anyway, yeah, she, she basically just, she was chatting to me in, the way she chats to you is like, that's, I think that's another thing as, as someone that, you know, you just realize that you felt ill with like your self-esteem is down, your confidence is down. You're just like, oh shit, uh, what am I going to do now? Like, I feel mm. like I'm You know, it runs, it runs through your head naturally. And then I had two, I had two teachers I still remember, like, it was uh, Miss Grouch saying to me like, oh, well, look, this is what you get for not paying attention and and screwing around half a year and da, 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 this, you deserve this grade and all that and I was like thanks this is everybody to hear right now and on the other hand was Mr. Javan you know what I mean and he was always the guy that he, he's always the guy that I feel like he would sit down and actually listen to your side of it and then speak yeah so like yeah he, he did that to me and he, and he told me straight off like yes we're offering for you to come back and do first year of A-level again but like what makes you think that just doing the same thing again there's going to be a difference isn't it so then he yeah. advised me to just go and I, I don't have to make a decision right now go look at the options figure out what you want to do so I, that's why I, I decided to go to college isn't it? and then switch to uh, Richmond Form Firms I went there and then I think it was a good reset to be honest like I wanted to I wanted to do well and like I already felt that that feeling of that sting in it of of like failing, especially being yeah. an Asian, coming from an Asian family and like being the oldest son and stuff, it was like a huge deal like for me to fail. So I already felt that sting. I felt this sting and then like not just from the failure, but like from the slaps I got from my dad in it coming home with that results. So, <laughs> you know, he just felt that man. Oh, I don't want that again. Yeah, man, just buckle down, buckle down, got it done. And it wasn't just from my dad. I mean, I faced, I faced a lot of shit from a lot of people. So I remember that time, like, a couple, a couple of you guys were like, what, how, how are you going to switch to media? What are you going to do with media and filmmaking and stuff? What are you going to do? Uh, you're just a dickhead. It's just a random thing. And I was like, right, whatever, man. But I stuck to it. I managed to get, managed to do well. And then, um, yeah, if after that I could have gone to uni, I would have. But I knew that, again, I would have been lost. And I would have just been like, gosh, what now? I can't, everyone's going to uni. Yes, that's a step for uni. But I didn't. I, I, I didn't have that opportunity. At the time, yeah. I uni. I came here. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's interesting because you're, I mean, you're the only guy I know that obviously was Singaporean to go to Singapore and that, but 
you mm-hmm. always you always see this path of like you know you finish school you go to college or sixth form or whatever then you go to uni and get a job like you have this traditional path that you just assume that works for everyone right i think mm. yeah it's, it's it was weird to to come to terms with the fact that oh shit there actually are different options out there and it's not necessarily an apprenticeship or a b-tech it's like they're actually you know the world's bigger than just st mark's and hounslow <laughs> yeah 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 it is, man. It really is. Especially, especially when you meet people that, I'm not saying they're like huge success or they're like a complete failure, but like, I mean, you get both of those in uni, you know what I mean? Like, there are people mm-hmm. that I've talked to in uni that they've, they've just really not done well. And then all people that have just excelled. And then obviously there's obviously that, that middle ground of people that are like, they're getting by or they've just got through. It's a huge accomplishment. Like, I always, I always feel like this sense of like, is pride the word? I feel like, I read, I feel like, no, not pride, what is it, man? What's the word? Yeah, let's go with pride in it. But yeah, like, yeah, just when I see pictures of like, of like, people I know, like, I don't know, St. Mark's or wherever it is, and they've graduated from uni, like, good on him, and like, seriously good on him. Like they, they, they've all that work and grind is, is paid off, and they've got that moment of, well, basically just relishing the fact that everything is for a reason, isn't it? That you get what you give. But I also know that for those people, straight after that day, that graduation day, I mean, I saw this from my sister and a couple of my close friends. Like, as soon as that day comes and you graduate, like the next day, you're like, okay, cool. Now it's time to move. Like, what next? Like for jobs, and then obviously the thing that everyone kind of goes through is like you get a job and then you're expecting to get it because of a degree, then you don't get it because they're expecting like 10 years experience, and you're just like, but I'm, I'm like 12 years old. How do you? How do I supposed to get 10 years experience? Like, it's, it's dumb, <laughs> isn't it? It's a bit stupid, yeah, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah, sticky. I think I'm lucky that I realized early that. Oh shit, like you can just get an apprentice, not an apprenticeship, uh, internship and kind of work there for the summer and then convert that and convert that and kind of preset your life post-graduation. But yeah, mm. I hear you, like, you see a lot of guys that graduated that have no idea what to do now because it's like, you've dedicated, what, 20, 21, 22 years of your life to education. And now it's like, okay, now you've got to get, you know, now real life starts, but you haven't really, a lot of what you learned up until then isn't really applicable and you start again kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like hitting that reset button, whether you're forced into that situation or like you choose to, it is an eye opener, man. Because you're literally forced to to look at other options, isn't it? Mm. And then it gets your gaze. It just gets your gaze going. You start thinking, oh shit, like, can I can I do this? Can I do that? Or and like sometimes you'll read. Uh, a job that you you thought you would never go into, and then you end up reading into it and researching, it and you think like actually, in terms of like uh, like workplace environment, you know what I mean? Like some yeah, people yeah. prefer like like just they sit down, they've got an office, they've got a desk, they get they work down, they go home, like minimal interaction, social interaction. Then that's what works for them. Other people need to have some kind of social interaction, talk to people. Others they want a work that is physical and they're moving around, they're active. That's where I I 
feel like I fit in. Like, I definitely need a job that I'm, I'm moving around. I'm active. I can't be sat in one spot for the majority of the day. Like, I'll go mad. And I need to be mm-hmm. talking to people. Look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a social person. You know what I mean? So if you put me in some cubicle and tell me to type out reports and all that kind of stuff, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, to hack it. Yeah, yeah. I think what job satisfaction, job satisfaction. That's it. Mm. That's what it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be, yeah the world we, especially now in the world we live in, anyone would be kind of quite lucky to, to be holding on to any job right now. Crazy world out there. Yeah, I mean, with this whole COVID stuff, like. I mean, to be fair, I feel like America's way worse than everywhere else, but America have, like, what, 30 million <laughs> unemployment yeah. rate. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. I think UK economy dropped 20% in April mm. on the brink of a recession worldwide. Like, yeah, when you think, on the topic of jobs, like, now is a, yeah, <laughs> now is just a different, a different question. Yeah, now, now it's more about, I don't think a lot of people working now, as in, Finding jobs that they're not looking for, like, or oh, the future. It's more just survival, isn't it? Just like mm. putting food on the table. <clears throat> yeah, feeding, for sure. Yeah, feed, feeding like, whoever yourself, your family, your mum, dad, you've got kids, kids. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's mm. I think I realize now that um, I glossed over a lot of context. <laughs> with this with this interview I guess like, huh? oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah so to to recap well not to recap but to I guess explain to guys who don't already know you or who we are like <laughs> let's, let's run I mean right now you're what you're like super special officer corporal Brendan right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, corporal Brendan and it's a, it's a yeah, thing where, uh, yeah, you, we, you talked about how you failed first year A-level and you went back to, to college and then, mm. yeah, just ran off to Singapore to do national service, isn't it? Like, yeah. So, we, yeah. So basically for those that don't know national service, you're basically conscription. So you're forced to come back and serve in the military for like X amount of years. For me, it was two years. And that's basically your way of like, like a rite of passage or like paying back the government for letting you live or some shit. I don't know, man. But yeah, you got to do it. You can't escape it. And then, uh, yeah, that's why I came back. And that's why I didn't go to uni. But it was a good experience, though. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. Like, oh. I say a lot that I would have, I would have loved to have the same opportunity to do that in the UK. I mean, it's different when you're forced to do it as opposed to like choosing to. <coughs> but it's like, I feel like you learn a lot of, in terms of life skills, like discipline, you know, having to wake up every morning, having to do these fitness tests, like, because otherwise you kind of just finish uni and you have a degree, but you haven't really got, you haven't necessarily grown as a person. I mean, I, I look at you now and obviously I was in Singapore over the summer and it's like, damn, this guy's really, you know, we've really been through it over the last three, four years. And I can't say the yeah. same for a lot of people I know that, you know, just followed the BM path into uni and graduated and are sitting on a mum's couch right now. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. But yeah, what you said about um, you'd love to go through it. I think personally, I mean, okay, so just to share a bit in it. So obviously when I came over, 
my mentality of like doing this was completely different to like the general opinion of like people in Singapore, like like they going into it. Because for okay. them, it's like if you think about it, this whole country of Singaporeans, like all the guys have to go and do an S. So yep. for them, it's just like it's just another it's just another step to their their life as a as a young adult. So it's just another step to them. And majority is like they see it as like a burden. They're like, oh man, yeah, oh, just just a drag, going to the army or the navy or the police or whatever it is, to, mm. you know, to pay back, pay back the public, because everyone does it. So it's not something special. You see what I mean? Okay. So when I came over, obviously I'm I'm coming from, I didn't know anyone that was going off to another country. Join the army, yeah. And at that point, I was like, "This is going to be something completely new." So I attacked it with like this mindset of, "I mean, I'm going to go over there for two years minimum, anyway. Like, I can't, I can't do anything about it. So I can either just get by, and like just do jack for like two years, mm. or I can just kind of just go all out and just go all out, give everything, give a hundred percent, and." Come out of it with, with something. At, at the very least, a few good stories. And yeah, uh, yeah that's. I think that that's what helped me a lot. Like just realizing that a lot of people are going to see this differently. And like the one strength I have going into it is my mindset and my my outlook on this is completely different because I'm coming from a different country. I basically put myself in this position and like when when I come back, I, when I left, I said that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go join on. So when I come back, would I rather? I come back and people are like, oh, yo, how was your experience at home? And I'm like, ah, oh, it was calm. I was, I was just, I was a clerk and I was just in an office. I would rather be able to be like, yeah, I know how to use like three, four different weapons and I've got this training and that training and I have this experience and I, I went through this, mm-hmm. I went through that and like, do you know what I mean? It's like, you want, I want to be able to like share a proper experience and like, with that, I want to be able to experience something that's actually meaningful. Something that's gonna better me in it. Something I can I can hold with value and pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do just do myself proud in it. Mm. That was like that was like my my driving force, man. That was my motivation to like just get kind like get fit and like focus up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's also, a vibe, man. Think, yeah, man. It was also a good way for me to like like. Kind of take away focus from the fact that I know I'm not, I haven't got my family with me. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, my family stayed back in London, so I was the only one I went over. And that was like, it was tough, man. Because I mean, as you know, like, me and my family are close, like, we're very, very close. So, yeah, that was tough. Like, getting, a, getting like, accustomed to like a new culture and like the weather and like people. Stuff like that, it was mad. It was mad. Like, I will see, yeah. like, one of the, the biggest changes is, like, people will think that people in uh, Singapore are, like, nice and above. They're quite, they're quite rude, you know? <laughs> actually quite rude. Yeah, no, but straight down, straight down. They're actually, like, not, like, absurdly rude, but, like, they're definitely more rude and, like, attitude, man. It's weird. It's different. Like, in London, yeah, like, you'll get rude people, but majority is, like, if I walk down the street here yeah, and I see like some someone walking towards me, 
in the morning, I'm, I'm going to work or whatever. Mm. Like, oh, good morning, mate. I can expect to. Yeah, good morning, mate. If I'm walking down the street here, and oh, good morning. I probably just given that some dirty look, like I've just escaped a mental hospital. <laughs> why are you saying? Yeah, why are you wishing me good morning? I don't know you. That's how it is. Man, you gotta spend more time in central London, man. <laughs> Bro, look, the thing is, even it, it doesn't, that's what I'm saying, like, in central, 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 havoc. But it's, it's similar, isn't it? It's similar. Mm-hmm. You go to central, like, Singapore. Did you guys, did you guys spend time in Orchard? When you came here? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember exact street names. As in the, like, the central part. All the shopping, like, the, Basically, the high class places in it with all the Dior and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's different because I was kind of illusioned by, you know, being a tourist and like, oh, no, I don't even know, like air pollution. <laughs> just like the weirdest things I just found fascinating. Like, wow, the streets are clean. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, though. That is very true, though. It is, it is, it is very clean. It's very clean. I think, I mean, it's clean, but that's probably because the fines here are just fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh shit, I can't mm-hmm. swear on it. I, yeah, <laughs> man, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. No, it's calm, it's calm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the fines here are just ridiculous. Like, I mean, for, for those that don't know, uh, chewing gum in Singapore is illegal. Uh, drinking and eating on public transport, that's, that's also illegal. Um, what else? Littering is like, it's not a fine and all that. It's like, it's not like a 50, 50 quid fine stuff. It's like, they can fine you up to like 1k for littering. Jeez. Yeah. And, um, what else, man? Yeah. It's just like this thing that you wouldn't even, oh, spitting and stuff, spitting in public is also like, that's a finable offense. Just dumb stuff in it. Just even like, jaywalking. I know that's like not allowed, but in other in other places. But yeah, here if you get caught jaywalking, that's another thing that they can just, just do you over. It's dumb, man. It's dumb. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. Another thing is, yeah. Um, after ten thirty, you can't buy alcohol. Yeah, after ten thirty p.m., you can't buy alcohol anywhere. Mad. Uh, yeah, the only places you can is if you go into like a club or at, in like an actual bar. Mm-hmm. And even then, the price was most likely like go up or something because like uh, what's it called? rush hour or something, some, something like that. They know that they're still, like, they, oh, they're peak, they're peak hours, isn't it? They know that people are going to come. Yeah, the happy hour. Mm. Yeah, happy hour, that's it. Just, yeah, think about it, happy hour. Yeah, all this kind of thing. It's just, it's dumb. That, I definitely have to get used to that. I remember once I was on the train, whipped out, whipped out like a sandwich or something. Everyone just looked at me like, this guy is, shit. I'm about to take a bite into my sandwich, I just hear this, like, little camera flash go off. Like, what? Alright, oh, I guess I'm gonna just put my sandwich away. That's mad. Yeah. But did you get fined for that? No, no, no. I didn't. I just oh, okay. that. I thought you meant yeah. the camera, like, um, 
security. I guess it was just a guy that. No, no, no. It was just a guy. Yeah. Singapore. Was... <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually have something like that. I'm not. I'm not even joking. They have this thing called. Um, they have a website called Stomp. S T O M P. Stomp, mm. and it's basically where, like, I mean, it's. I don't think it's used as much now because, like, Twitter is so like, so predominant in all that kind of stuff. But like, they'll post stuff like that, man. They'll post stuff like. I don't know, like people smoking under a shelter or like someone drinking water on the train or someone walking across the street. Yeah, just a bunch of snitches, man. Oh my God, I'm in a country full of snitches. I just realized that I'm in a country full of snitches. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a 6 9 fan. <laughs> oh, 6ix9ine. The fact that he was trying to aim at Snoop Dogg, that was like, come on, man, what are you, what are you even doing? <laughs> if you're watching a video he's sitting on the floor like like some five year old and he was like eat what's he eating like cereal or something I don't even I'm not up to date <laughs> uh, I, I don't keep up with that yeah basically he got obviously a snitch and then he was making out as if Snoop Dogg was a snitch I don't know maybe he is maybe he is internet but like, mm. one of those in your lane moments that's hilarious yeah man Imagine a whole country of of that. What a nightmare! Just six lines. Everyone yeah. walk around snitching and get the icky. I don't know what the lyrics are. I just know it's something, something like that. <laughs> dumb it is. Lyrics are wild, man. All I know is, are you dumb, stupid, or dumb? And it's like, all right, <laughs> I'm not listening to that one. You're dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I remember when I first saw him, I thought he was, um, I thought he was like one of those YouTube people that were just making, just, just taking a mix. Cause like, you know, like, this, the, literally like the tat, the tats on his face and like, rainbow colored hair and all that. And the, the music was putting out, I thought it was a parody video on, on, by like some YouTuber. And then I remember Zeno, my brother, he was just like, oh yeah, this guy goes hard. And I was like, yeah, this is funny. He was like, no, it's not funny. He's, He's a real guy. He's hard. He's hard. And I was like, right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, but I can't lie though. After a while, like some of his songs, like if I'm in the gym, you just want like that kind of hype mentality and like this aggression in it. It works. Yeah, it really does help. I cannot lie. Because in the gym, you're not, you're not listening to lyrics. Not in the gym, like listen to lyrics and like start cheering up you can't do that you need to just listen mm-hmm. to some random like you know like that high pay like just like that grind music in it just yeah yeah mm. would you say because I mean when I was in Singapore I heard I heard a lot of British music anyway but yeah what's the what's the general I guess beyond music like media I guess in terms of the movies you see the TV shows yeah. is it like substantially different would you say it was hard to what's the word like, assimilate um, into that culture honestly it's weird it's like okay oh, okay let's go on like say cable TV and stuff yeah mm. like I know that there are there's, there's channels catered to like this Singapore is my multi-cultural like echoes and um obviously you've got like Indians you've got Chinese you've got Malays if you don't know about all that Go educate yourself in it. Obviously, 
But um, yeah, so you've got Indians, you've got Chinese, you've got Malays. And like, there are channels and shows aimed for those different like races, isn't it? Like for Chinese people, there's Chinese shows, like for Tamil people, there's like, Tamil programs, and then there's programs for Malay people. And then there's also programs which are in English, but like with the English slang. We call it Singlish. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's more like soap dramas, like, I don't know, EastEnders and stuff like that. You know, they're kind of like just dramas. Yeah, yeah. Got like game shows, singing shows, or singing competitions, whatever you want, talent competitions, stuff like that. But it's just, I think one thing that I, I, I need to get used to was the way it was edited. You know what I mean? Okay. Like the, um, what, what's the word? The aesthetic. It was mm. completely different in terms of like the amount of, they overuse Canned laughter, like the fake laughter that sound effects, and like all the sound effects of like, I don't know, breaking glass or like something dropping. It's, it was literally like if Charlie Stoff was Asian and he was editing these programs. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just famine sound effects. Yeah. That's what it's like. <laughs> Man. That's the best way I can explain it. Like, literally, if Charlie Stoff was with Asian and editing these programs this this what it would be. I, I I'm reminded of myself, you know in um I think it was year eight when we first got into was it Mr. Martin I think? Into his music room with the, the IMAX. That oh, was me yeah. for the whole year, just like banging sound effects, putting the keyboard in like alien mode or something. So <laughs> these crazy sounds. I don't know what's that thing no no keyboard that's the um that's that that little what's it called man? I don't know what it's called. It's like this little take, this little like thing that goes up and down. Yeah, and it's like a you, dial. Yeah, yeah. If you press it, if you press a key and you like you move that, it just goes like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Are <laughs> 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 so doing sound effects on, on your on your podcast? Oh, imagine! I can't wait to get a soundboard, man. <laughs> you, know, you should. You should. You should get one for your podcast. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, get one for your podcast. When I get my money right. Yeah, 100%, man. And one of the things in your podcast needs to be the sound of just Gareth laughing and whacking a table or something. <laughs> I just remember how faithful we were with Gareth whenever he started laughing, man. Everyone was was a target. Gareth was... Uh, Gareth's a weapon sometimes. Gareth is a weapon, man. If you get Gareth in a fight, he'll be like, I think he'll be calm and stuff, and he'll just be like, like, oh, just trying to you know, keep it peaceful. All you gotta do, and he'll win the fight, is you just go, someone just needs to fart or something, and he'll just start laughing. <laughs> and when he starts laughing, he starts swinging. He's hitting people. All of a sudden, he's knocked out three guys, and he's still laughing on the floor. Yeah, that, that psychopath, man, flipping out. <laughs> I just like, he'll make he'll make a better joker than, than what's that fellow's name? Jared Little. Jared Little, yeah. He is he's terrible. Jared Little was <laughs> Who was that man? He looked like a he looked like one of them Vogue magazines. He didn't even look like <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Disagree. Yeah, Evan's yeah, we'll get <laughs> On what? On Evan's podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, shout out Evan. He told me he's gonna start a podcast soon for like anime and comics and stuff like that. 
we'll oh, get that yeah. get that done. Twenty twenty one. Evan's been doing Evan's been grinding with his music. Mm. Yeah, he's been grinding. I mean, he was asking me as well about like what I I just thought like, about army and stuff, like the actual experience of it. Mm. I was just I was just telling him in it. I can share share with you as well. I know I mean, I've already shared with you, but just for the sake of the podcast, it's like been the main thing in army is that yeah, obviously you learn like training and like regimentation and like parade drills, how to handle your weapon and grenades and stuff. Yeah, honestly, the one thing that I mean I took away from it was um, I think it's maturing, isn't it? You're forced to mature, and again for me, it would be a leader. Mm. I felt like before that I was always someone that I had ideas and I would speak up but I never really took charge and okay. kind of made me realize that I've got that in me like I've got that thing of like I can have ideas and take charge but still not be like some some dictator mm-hmm. take charge and like you give your idea and, and be open and receptive to like, other people's plans and ideas and thoughts and stuff and then you kind of have to be the person that decides what's best, what's most efficient, or what's best for the situation. Yeah, yeah. Decision maker. Yeah, decision maker, isn't it? That was key in, like, especially, I mean, in terms of army, that applies in, like, in, in battles, isn't it? Like, you need to have that to make quick decisions and shit. So all that was, it was key, man. It just made me realize that there's so much more that I, I'm capable of if I just push myself. And that's what, yeah, I definitely learned that. Like, I just need to keep pushing myself. And if you set a limit on yourself, I think you've already lost half the belt. Because you already say yeah, to yourself, so much I can do. But if you just say to yourself, like, I'm just going to go, and I'm not going to say I'm going to give 100% of everything. I'm just going to just go until like, I physically cannot go anymore. And then I think that's, that's, what if, if, that's what the army taught me, man. That's what my unit taught me. It's like, mm-hmm. if, if you're not, you're not hurting and if you're not sweating or feeling like you need to basically puke, you're not working hard enough. If, if you if you don't feel like you want to give up right now, then you're not working hard enough. So you're working mm. through that point. And then when you work to the point where you want to give up, it's just like, but I've made it this far, do I really want to give up now? And then you just push yourself even further. Yeah, yeah. And then with that, it's like, you create a bond with the guy to your, to your side you know, the guys beside you, like, the bond is, is different, man. It's not like, it's not like, oh, you're going in and then you're seeing them and then once it's over, yeah, you're gone. It's really like, I and now I get why they say it's like, it's a it's a brotherhood. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, you go through thick and thin with these guys, isn't it? And it's not just the training. Yeah, right? yeah. You're in like Paris and it's, um, it's the things that you guys do, like to entertain yourselves, like, like the dumb competitions and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you just do the most like retarded things. I swear, dumb. You just, just to entertain yourself. But all that, all those like stupid moments, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think back on like any long-lasting friendship, like, the most memorable things that stick out are like the times that you guys are just being pretty much idiots. Mm. You know, yeah, that's that's same, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why, like, when a lot of people ask me about, like, army and stuff, I think what they're expecting to hear is, like, oh, the one question I get asked a lot 
think this just goes to show like some some people out there this they just need to educate themselves a bit more. Which is um a couple of people ask me like, You killed anyone? I was like <laughs> What Yeah. We're not even in a war. Like like Singapore is is not in a war with any country, wow. What Ah, I don't, I don't, I, honestly, I just don't know what to reply. I'm just like, no, I haven't killed anyone. And they're like, oh man, like, they're disappointed to hear that I haven't killed someone. As if you want to be standing next to like a murderer or something. Like, what? What? Some people, man. Nah. It, it's just something imagine that being part of essential training, like on on day one. Like, yeah, you got to kill this guy. Or you're not. You're not taking part. <laughs> like, what do they think this life is? That they just have expendable guys to kill as part of like military training or something. <laughs> <laughs> like day three is like how do you know how to use a gun they just just pull out some random guy and say like, kill him like nah man don't, I'm not gonna kill him they pull up the mask and the guy says like I've got kids and you just have to pull the trigger like you're like I just wanna do my studies I just wanna go to uni just shaking oh man <laughs> Imagine if like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! Like the same way you get like big fines for littering, you get like put in jail for eating a was it a dur- durian, durian on on the train and that. It's like yeah, as soon as you hit eighteen, it's like yeah, come and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most the most irrational country. Like <laughs> honestly, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bad bath Singapore because um. You know what? I like I like the freedom of like you know not being in handcuffs. But um, all I can say is that they do need to fix up. They really do need to fix up. That's mad. Do you feel like because obviously you've experienced uh, UK culture and Singapore culture? Like, yeah. I've not. I don't want. I thought it's a big question to compare both places, but like. Surely there are there's several elements that because I mean obviously I was a tourist so it's not quite the same but I, I definitely saw a lot of elements that I much prefer out there compared to here in London. Like what's your what's your hot take on compa- comparing two cultures? For me, this is actually a bit of a deeper question like for me personally in it because um, <laughs> I put it this way, like I, I mean I moved from Singapore to London when I was seven. Like with my whole family, yeah. And then growing up as an immigrant, like a first generation immigrant, it's like you always. I think a lot of people can relate to this, which is like you always feel like you need to to fit in, especially growing up. You know, like mm. growing up, you just want to be. You want. You don't want to be a black sheep. You don't want to be the odd one out. You just want to fit in because yeah. everyone's already feel like you're different. So you're you're just. You know what I mean? Like, so, and you never feel like you really fit in. Mm-hmm. And that follows you all the way, pretty much all the way. And obviously over time that like, you get used to it, you find a group of friends, stuff like that. But even then, like, I might get some backlash for this, but I mean, this is my opinion, isn't it? So, especially like, say growing up in like the same arts. I wasn't yeah. like, I knew like, I would say that I would knew different groups of people and I could mingle around. But everyone expects me to know like that Asian group. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm expected to know like 
example, um, round goal one, round goal two, round goal three, I'm supposed to know all three. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I just, I just share a class with round goal one. When they expect me, you know what I mean? And when I say they, I'm pretty sure you know what I mean by that. It's like, it's just that majority of like, it's that stereotype, isn't it? That stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, when I play football, like, I'll play football in the cage. And I mean, countless times I've been asked, like, oh, you're playing football in the cage with us. Why don't you play outside next to the fences? Because they're Asian. Yeah. And I'm like, but I want to play in the cage. Like, why can't I play in the cage? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's always that, that thing of fitting in because I wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't born in this country. But you can't tell me that I don't feel like, like, a, like a Londoner. You know what I mean? If, like, if I'm in a pub and someone drops a glass, I'm not going to sit there like, oh my God, what happened? I'm going to turn around like, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't support Asian countries. I, I support England. When England loses, I feel like shit. How many times <laughs> have we been on the edge of our seats? Like, like watching a, watching a match of England and, and we learn about the history of the country and all this kind of stuff. And everything about me was, was like, you know, air quotes English. You know, yeah. I didn't speak Tamil. I still don't speak Tamil. I don't understand a bit of it just because I was, you know, my mom and dad spoke it in between then. But it was nothing that, it was something that wasn't forced on me. So like the, like the majority of us, my first language is English. My second language should be Tamil, but it's not. It's French. And that's just because of what I learned in GCSE. Mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's all these kind of things that it makes me feel like over time, you belong. That this is your place. Mm. And then I moved back to Singapore. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. Like, I know I didn't grow up in Singapore in terms of like formative years, but what? What's the, what's the reception going to be? So I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going back to a place where I'm Singaporean. I hold a Singapore passport. I was born in the country. So I'm going to belong. Yeah. That was my mentality coming in. But when I came in, I wasn't even seen as a Singaporean, man. I was seen as, oh, you're, you're, that, you're that London boy. You're that London guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, how is it in London? Oh, and I was asked the same question. Oh, which is there? London or UK? Oh, oh, sorry, London or Singapore? Which is better? Singapore's better, right? And I'm like, just two different countries, isn't it? You know the whole thing of like the grass always seems greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like that, and like Singapore has its pros and cons. London has its pros and cons. You know what I mean? Is and I'm not gonna go into that right now, but yeah, there's something I've always struggled with, like that sense of belonging, and like mm-hmm. where do I fit in? Like I'm in I'm in Singapore like even now man even now and just the way because of how I grew up the environment that I grew up in I grew up in a lot of people in Singapore regardless of age they instantly realise that the way I act talk carry myself my mannerisms all this kind of stuff is mm. like different and one thing that is the word that's thrown to me a lot is um, a lot of people are like oh you're so mature and all this and I'm like that's, it's, it's not that. It's more like I was grew up in a different country, so we do things in a different way. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, yeah, they, and they always say that. And even to this day, man, like a lot of jobs, I've, I mean, I've learned to use it as like a strength because I realized that it's the same thing, isn't it? Everyone, everyone's attracted to something that's different. 
So the same way if I go for job interviews and stuff, they see that I'm Singaporean and stuff, and I've got Singapore passport, and they see that I'm brown. I know that one of my strengths is that I can say that, look, well, I grew up in London. Because I know that it makes me different. I know that it sets me apart from, from the rest. And then suddenly the questions are not even about the job. It's just about, oh, I was in London. Why are you in London? Did you study in London? Blah, blah, blah. So there's mm-hmm. things, but even now, but yeah, it's just that sense of like, where do I actually belong? I've had, I've had people ask me, like, do you feel more Singaporean or do you feel more like British? And yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, I'm leaning more towards the size of British. But I can't say that I'm like, like I can't say that like definitively. It's like, it's more like, yeah, like I've got that side of me. There's also the side of me that I like my food and I like my culture and I'm proud of it. And I'm getting to know it. And I mean, you, you, when you get back in touch with all these things, that like, you realize just how much more there is out there in the world, isn't it? Mm. I think everyone our age like wants to go and travel the world, but this experience, especially, it just made me. It's, just, it's like emphasize that. It's like it's like multiply that by like, tenfold. It's like I really just want to go and see the world, see different cultures. And like we were speaking about just before this, uh, just before you start recording, it's like the views of some people here are so different, outdated, I would say. Outdated, yeah. different, how they do things, how they view certain subjects and topics and all this. Like, I had a couple of conversations about what's going on in the world right now, like with America and Black Lives Movement and COVID and all that, and the reactions and how they speak about it is completely different, man. The awareness is, isn't there. But you can't mm. blame the media. Like, that's just how it is. That's just how they grew up. Then that's something I need to need to get used to. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting for sure because I feel like the way black people are treated around the world is like in general, ra- like racism is not just an American problem; it's a worldwide problem, right? But mm. I do think it's an element of, like we said it before as well, the podcast. Like you kind of certain things that's ingrained in you from a young age, and it's hard yeah. to outgrow that. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's specifically prominent in, you know, I mean, Singapore is not a poor country by any means, but I guess like less economically developed countries where it's like, let's talk about the UK, for example, we've had about 300, 200 years to start learning. Whereas a lot of these places only really started learning in the last you know, 50 to 100 years. So yeah. I, I can't even begin to imagine like how, you know, how different the process is in other places, specifically Singapore, I guess. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy, especially like, like I was going deeper into it. Like I, I saw, um, what was it? It was an interview. Muhammad Ali. Honestly, mm. seeing it, he was saying about, um, he was talking to his mom and he was like a little kid. He was like, saying like, why is it always good things are white? You know, snow white and you know, the, the white as snow and, um, oh, what else he said, man? It was like the angels are white. Jesus is white. You know? Mm. And the angel, the angel cake was white and the devil cake was chocolate. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. And uh, have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've heard references to it. I said that man. And I just, like he said it in more like a comical sense, didn't it? Mm. But yeah, man, that, that, that definitely hit a chord with me because I, like, I didn't even think about that. 
that was something that what didn't even cross my mind at any point. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it is. That one of the things he said that kind of made me laugh is like, and if you're going to threaten someone, it's called blackmail. You know what I mean? And it was like, and he said like, why isn't it called white male, mama? Like, they, they lie too. And I was like, yeah, they do. It's, it's mad, man. It goes, it goes a lot deeper, but it's, it's a heavy topic to, to deal with in one shot. Like, cause unless you actually know, yeah, unless you actually know what the hell you're actually talking about, it can get messy very quickly. I think that's what I realized speaking to a couple, um, hmm, let's just say interesting individuals in the last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My lord, they deserve a slap. But anyway, yeah, man. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I mean, for me, like, as a black person, I, I've struggled to even get into it with a lot of people because it's like, I, we've been saying this for years, man. Like, <laughs> nothing about this last week is new. But it's like, there are so many guys that didn't, I guess they didn't realize until George Floyd. It's like, yeah, I, I'm not trying to go back. 400 years to explain everything to to yeah. you again mm. it's yeah it's yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a sticky one man but 100 100 it's it is it is that it is um i just feel like someone said to me like this uh, if you're listening i'm not going to say your name in it but mm. basically someone said to me the only reason these riots are happening right now because all these people are pent up because they've had to stay home during COVID. Bam. I don't know if it's a laugh, cry, or just get mad in it. But this person, mm-hmm. if you're listening right now, yeah, fuck your mom. Swear down. Just down. Now, to be fair, an element of that is true, though. An element is, an, yeah, an element. Like, you can make that relation. But to say it's the only reason that rights happen is because of this, and they're just saying they're yeah, using yeah, yeah. The, the death as an excuse, it's like, ah, like, what even this chatting? Yeah, to overlook oh. the whole everything else, isn't it? <laughs> you see what I mean? Oh, it's like you want to laugh, but you also want to be mad. But it's just like, <laughs> what you were talking about? And yeah, you said it's man, so so man Yo, hundred percent. You know, like when you hear someone say something like that's just outright, just, just, just false, just like just not real, and they say it with like conviction, as if you're an idiot. Mm, yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Or B has no alcohol, in, man. Or you dumb. B has no alcohol. And you looking at them like, what? And they're like, yeah, the other day I had a non-alcoholic beer, and I'm like, you, you're sharp. <laughs> mad it's mad yeah I don't even know man I think I learned and this is a different topic to be fair but I learned a while back that we all have our own I guess ceilings of comprehension that kind of makes sense mm. like people can get like the term idiot like someone who's an idiot is defined by like their lack of comprehension for for intelligent things right so for me to look at someone who I know is dumb and be like oh why don't you get it it's like the reason why they're dumb is because they don't get it they don't have the capacity to to understand these sorts of things and as soon as yeah, I clocked yeah. that, you know, there are levels to this, it's like, yeah, I'm not explaining this to you. <laughs> I'm going to spend my time, I don't know, starting a podcast or something. Because <laughs> 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 this is too much. It's too much. <laughs> like, this guy can only see in 2D. I'm trying to explain in 3D. It's just, it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, some people, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Some people just need to, you just look at them and you're, in your head you're thinking, you are not ever worth my time. And on the outside, you're just kind of smiling and nodding your head like, yeah, man. Anyway, I'll catch you later. And you just turn around like, okay. <laughs> what was that? Uh, some car outside. Oh, fair. Can, can you hear the engine running? No, I can't. I can't. Oh, I, just, I just heard, just heard something slam. Yeah, there's two shots. <laughs> I saw an op. <laughs> but nah, man. I, I had a topic that I wanted to bring up. But I can't even remember now. Oh yeah, because yeah, we're talking about we're talking about Gareth and Evan. And I was oh yeah, yeah. Because like, obviously, people talk about long distance from like West London to East London, but you're on a different side of the world. What was? How did you cope with like, I guess, long distance friendships, and how did you go about maintaining that? Because even I know we didn't even speak that much over the last few years like maybe like every week every month or so a message or a call but I can imagine there are some guys that just haven't said a thing or maybe some some bright spots that have talked a lot more than you have expected like what's your experience with that uh yeah actually that's it's a good that's a good point I just I just remembered um I had a conversation with Michael about this and I like mm. before I left and I told him like no matter what happens over the next two Two more years is like, like it's 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 inevitable. We're all gonna change. You know what I mean? All of us are gonna change. I yeah. know that I've changed. I know you've changed. I know Gareth has changed. I know Michael has changed. But it's not about whether we change or not. It's about whether after we go through these experiences and our personalities and we develop and all that and we grow, whether mm-hmm. we can still come back and pretty much eat at the same table and share jokes and and. And just just chat about random things. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's I think that's what I said, and I just wanted to keep that line of communication open. And like, I'm sure, like a few times that you've looked down your phone and you've just seen a missed call from from me <laughs> at like at like something a.m. and you're just like, this guy, what is he trying to do? But obviously, like yeah, what? it's hard, man. As in, in terms of I try I try and call people like at least at least once every two months. Or like message to just catch up. Mm. Yeah, like um surprisingly I haven't I don't really get enough time to like obviously speak to everyone. So I have to like kinda of break it up and just like little catch ups here and there. Because I know that yeah man, my relationships to me, like I said, I'm a social person and my relationship to me is important. So I just want to, I just want to, it's like, kind of like, it's like maintaining it. With anything that you care about, you need to maintain, just look after it. So I just yeah, like, yeah. keep calling. Like, imagine, imagine if like, I just didn't contact, uh, like say you, for like two years straight. Mm. Like after the airport, just, I just went cold. And after two years, I came back to, to London and I'm just, I'm expecting everything to be calm and things as it should be. Yeah. It, like, it, it just wouldn't happen, innit? Like, I'd probably meet you and you'd be like, oh, like, Ren is back. Like, oh, and then, it just wouldn't be the same. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we need, we need to just keep in touch. Mm-hmm. I'll call, I'll call, like, I'll call you guys, um, yeah, shout out to obviously Michael and Gareth, uh, 
out to Charlie, people that I I was in contact with a lot more than I thought I would be. Like Simona, Max, Lick, uh, Shane, uh, Sean, Nathan, like all these guys, man. Like, yeah, it's one of those things that you just need to keep in touch. And like, it's the same as like, say, say you go to, like you're in what, Brighton, isn't it? Or Bristol? Bristol, yeah. Yeah. So you go to you in Bristol and Gareth was in like Warwick or something. Gareth? Sure. Yeah. Kent. <laughs> Who's on Warwick? Uh, Warwick. James. Ah, that's the James, yeah. Yeah, guys are everywhere now. But... Yeah, exactly. Everyone's so spread out. Like Michael's in Cambridge. So obviously we can't, even you guys can't meet up every weekend. Mm. Even then, like you're in the same country, but it's like the same thing, isn't it? Like, you can't meet yeah, up every yeah. weekend. The only difference is that it will be easier for you to plan something than me off physically. But it will mm. still take some plan. But even in that time, it will be like, you guys would keep in touch. Same thing, man. Same thing. I tried. I tried. I, I just, I just tried, didn't I? Like, if, if you guys don't pick up the call, or like, if I realize that after like, I don't know, the seventh call just being aired, I'm just like, all right, that's, that's fine. Go and cry in the corner or something and then get back to my life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so much you yeah. can do. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Flipping out. Just stick onto Frank yeah. Ocean. Sitting back in the room. <laughs> oh, don't bring up Frank Ocean, man. I know, I know, I know I'm in a bad place, but if I bring, if I've got a whole, like, Frank Ocean playlist going on. What? What? <laughs> Frank Ocean playlist and a bottle of wine open in a room just alone. You know that some shit's going on in your life, bro. Oh, the, them ones, man. I've got a playlist called um, CIMF, like Caught in My Feelings. And oh. It's, it's peak. But there are days when I, I just click that on, sit in the back, turn the lights off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good old yeah. mental health. Ah. Yeah, on that topic, though, this will... Yeah, it's just, um, that's another thing in, in, in the army. I was like, cause, I mean, you know, I was, I was basically in charge of, of like my, my guys in it. Like I was the IC, first IC, in charge, IC, in charge. Mm. But like I was, honestly, it's one of those things that like, if you actually do give, give a damn about your guys, that like you keep in touch and like catch up with them and talk to them and stuff. One of the huge things about the army is that, um, yeah, guys would be breaking up, like, their girlfriends would be breaking up with them, there's not enough, not enough time to spend, or like, their mental health, and all this kind of stuff. It just made me open up the conversation a lot more, and I think that a lot of us need to actually talk about that a lot more. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this, and you're feeling, feeling down, or you're feeling some type of way, man, talk to someone. It helps. It seriously helps. Yeah, it's a big fact, man. That's the big fact. It's funny because I was talking to someone ages ago as well, and it's like, if you break your arm or something, you go to a doctor, like a physical doctor, to help you with your physical health. In it, it's easy to track your, you know, if you're getting a bit big, you want to lose weight. If you're getting a bit skinny, you want to eat a bit more. Like, you can easily track physical things because you can see it. But yeah. people will go through the maddest stuff. Like when my granddad passed last year, I was like, ah, you know, it's nothing. And it's like you kind of bottle all this stuff up, and I guess because you can't see it, you don't really mm. react to it. But mm. 
But it's still there. Yeah, if, if you just let it build up, it, yeah, man, it, it, it hits you. Still and there. sometimes it, it might hit you all at once. It might hit you one time, you know, once a week or something, but it's never a good thing to, to have to fight your demons, for lack of better words. Yeah. The thing is, I think a lot of people, especially guys, and especially guys, it's like a lot of us feel like we have our set of problems. Everyone else has their set of problems, so therefore mm-hmm. we shouldn't burden anyone else with their with our issues, and we have to fight yeah. our own issues and, and fight our demons by ourselves. Again, this whole macho <clears throat> like stuff that that we see in the in the media and all that kind of stuff. Like, how many times have you seen like an action movie? This guy, you know. Like just jacked up, running with a machine gun, just killing people. But at no point in the movie do you see that guy sit down with a friend and be like, I, I just feel fat, man. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you don't see that. You don't, you, you won't see that in the movies. But God knows that that's something that a lot of guys, like, a lot of guys are body conscious. The body images is with everyone, not just guys, guys and girls. Mm. The guy's also pretty conscious, man. What do you mean? Like, that's just one of the things. You want to see, like, Sylvester Stallone running around and he's being, like, just shooting everyone and then starts crying. One of his friends goes, oh, what's up? But oh, half my face just, just dragging off to the side. I can't take it, <laughs> dude. Yeah, well, you won't see yeah, that yeah. happening. Mm. I think that we need, yeah, I mean, in terms of media representation, there's a lot that needs to a lot more that needs to be represented in, um, in the media. Mm-hmm. I think like that, that's one thing that Marvel's doing. Like, I mean, that's obviously Marvel. Everyone watches Marvel. And they, re- they realize that. They recognize that. But then to like, I mean, you know, like a good amount of like, you know, colored people. I think Kumar, I can't remember his name. He's in the Eternals. They made Valkyrie. They said that Valkyrie's uh, the first openly active, open, openly, sorry, openly gay member the LGBT and all that. Mm. It's good, isn't it? It's a step in the right, step in the right direction. Get, get some representative people that's, that's sending that positive image out there. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you can't, you can, you can only be what you can see, innit? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's easy for, it's easy for other people and for you to say to yourself, like, Oh, just be who you want to be. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I, I've heard that so many times. I just be you. Like, who am I? You know what I mean? You, you don't even know that like, you're still finding yourself. Yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah, that kind of thing, man? Is the kind of conversation that I feel like not? It's not like you, you don't need to. Event off. It's not something you need to actually go to a psychiatrist and pay money and just it doesn't work like it doesn't work like that. it's like what you said with the doctors isn't it mm. like, let's say let's say if you get a cut on your arm you're not going to rush to the hospital for a cut on the arm yeah you're going to get someone be like yo like, give me a first aid box let's sort this out honestly if you break your leg or, and it's like your your foot is like the other way around. It's done a one eighty. There, yeah, go to the doctors. That's that's serious <laughs> shit. Mental health, like if your mental health is really in like a, a dire state, and someone realizes it, then yeah, it actually needs to be taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I've dealt I've dealt with people in in the military that like again military where you same same stuff you think of machos and this and that but they feel like they can't speak up about their emotions but that comes with that bond in it that you build mm. and I've had people talk to me saying that you know they they've got things going on in their personal life and basically they're suicidal isn't it damn and obviously the action was taken but is that thing of like just that bond, that trust, and yeah. yeah, just when you when you spend so much time around these these guys, like that trust is there. So obviously, if you go to a psychiatrist, that trust isn't really there. I mean, it depends on the different person and stuff. I really feel like mm. guys need to think about this more, man. Especially guys, especially guys. Like just find that that macho image, that whole like, basically toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about it before as well. Yeah, but I was in school. Couple months back, I was in school with you and uh, Michael. Mm. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this, and um, I remember Michael. <laughs> Right, Michael, Michael had his opinions. Man, wait, yeah, Michael had his opinions. <laughs> it is fair enough. But uh, yeah, and I remember you were like in the middle, like you were, you were like, I agree. But mm. obviously, there's, there's a limit in it. There's a limit. Like I said, there's only a certain level of comprehension. Like you said, sorry, there's only a certain level of comprehension to each person. So obviously. I'm someone that there's also a limit. Like I'm human in it. There's also a limit on how much you can you can fight that whole image of what a male was supposed to be. Everyone has that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be BS. I said like, oh, I I accept everyone and anyone or whoever they want to be. I'd be BS in both. It's just that's not the way it works. Everyone's different. Everyone's got their own views. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. <laughs> It's sticky, man. I feel like when it comes to toxic masculinity, like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the general conversation is always on like, you know, men don't cry. You've got to be masculine and all this stuff. But I just, I see it. There's so many, like there are so many parts of, you know, society that kind of force you down this one thing and it's hard to address it all one by one. Mm. But now I can, I can see how like in the, in the army, that would be a massive thing because there, as my understanding is that no girls have to do NS right it's just it's just guys and I can't imagine spending yeah. 18, 19, 20 you know your formative years just you know in a camp of guys for for that yeah, whole period I mean that's why that's yeah exactly exactly I mean there's not much I, I can say on that it's put on it it just it only feeds that thing of like you're surrounded by guys Mm. You know, and surrounded by guys that are doing this, these like things that are like, you know, like what you see in the media, like all these manly things, like or flipping tires and going to the gym and shooting weapons. And, yeah, know, like, yeah. Kind of stuff, which is like all these macho stuff, isn't it? Mm. And then you're thinking, and you're so focused on the task at hand. And then when everyone gets their rest time, it's, it's literally maybe like your your time that's not training. I would say that time spent is maybe like seventy percent sleep. Nah, maybe like sixty percent sleep, forty percent 
know, what I said before, just like just messing about. Yeah. But when you're messing about, you want to be having fun and like lighthearted messing about. And then that 60% where it's sleep, like you don't want to be disturbing anyone and affecting their sleep because you know they need it. So mm-hmm. with that, you can't think to yourself like, when, where does that time come in that I can actually sit down with someone that I trust and have a long, hard, serious conversation about what's going on in my head and what's going on in my life. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I was blessed to have, to have my very close friends, man. Shout out to Irwin, Justin, Kai, like all these guys in my army that they took the time to like hear me out. So, and the vice versa, like in, anyone in, in my situation. Like, they hear me out, what I'm going through, they help me through a lot of things. And I help them through, through certain things as well. Like that's, it's, it's a give and take, isn't it? It's a give and take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I remember when you guys came, uh, Michael about this. Yeah, talking to Michael about this. And it was, I was saying to him, like, like, it would be nice for you guys to meet them. Like, my guys from army. But I know for a fact, it would, it would, it wouldn't be the same in it. You know yeah, I mean? like, yeah. Meet them and obviously the accent and all that kind of stuff. It just, it would just be very awkward for you guys and them. And then I'm in the middle, like, trying to, Double both kind of social groups. Yeah. Mm. I think like Actually, if that, it was if we were there for like a, not a year but like for a month, that's different. Mm. But yeah, because yeah. we saw you, we saw you like twice during that week. Yeah, uh, no, nah, more than maybe like three or four times. But we yeah, were only there for like six days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a very very short amount so, of time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Mixing group is a is a massive like that's a a whole separate podcast episode, but yeah, 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 yeah social yeah, dynamics yeah. is an interesting thing. Yeah, on top of that, because for me, I I code switch. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, code switching is um, I Code switch is basically when you speak in two different accents depending on who you're talking to. Mm. So for me, like. It works when obviously when I'm in St. Mark, so I'm talking to you right now, I'm speaking this way. But if I'm speaking to um, anyone in Singapore or my mum or dad or that kind of stuff, it will switch up. So it's going to sound like this. I probably sound something like this, you know, the kind of thing, talk, talk, talk like that. It's weird, man. And it happens so quick. Like in my head, I don't have to think about it, it just happens. Like at least you'd be like talking to someone in like, my Singapore accent. And then say like you or Gareth or whoever calls from like UK, I pick up, my brain just flips the switch and I'm just like, you know what I want. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a couple of people like, it's, it's, a, it's a common thing amongst um, immigrant children, immigrant, immigrants. I've seen a couple of people in um, Singapore, like they saw me like, speaking Singaporean and then I pick up the call and I'm speaking like this. Then I put down the pool, they look at me like, oh, you're, you're so fake. Because they don't know, they just, they just think I'm like, I'm putting on a fake accent. Stuff like that. Mm. It's not, it's not, it's just like, it's almost like speaking languages. It's like obviously if someone comes up to you speaks, start speaking French, you're not going to like continue speaking English, you're going to speak French or whatever language it is you speak. Spanish, yeah. yeah speaking in English and then they're like can you please speak in Spanish and you're like nah 
Well, you know, because oh, what Englishman? It's human nature, isn't it? Human nature is social, socially like you just you want to be understood and you want to understand like communication mm-hmm. and stuff. But it works in that way. I mean, that's my understanding of it. I can be completely wrong. There's someone out there like that knows psychology and actually knows about this. They can be listening to this like this. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's all the time. Because I was in my classes and stuff, people, people, like, people, they, they didn't see me as like, as intellectually someone, like someone that struggled and they, they saw me as someone that was like, yeah, you're, you're actually a, you're a smart guy. Mm. So that was the classes that I was in, the steps that I was in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice. But then when he came to us, oh, oh my lord, man. Like, the guys that was, it was you, Michael, Gareth, James, Joseph, Charlie, like, you guys were like top tier. So, like, in terms of like academics, so when it came to like academics, let's say maths, in a group, I was like, I was like a fool. I was, I was an imbecile. And at one point, I was. I was doing an A level, I think. I was, yeah, A level. I was doing, like, I was doing like my psychology book or something. Michael just kept disturbing me. And then he asked me, I'm pretty sure you remember this, man. But, uh, he asked me, what's seven plus four? And then I'm like, do my essay, I'm like, twelve. And he just started laughing. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was like, I just asked you what's seven plus four. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you said twelve. And, and me just, just being me and like, so just, just blurring it. I was like, just in a daze. I was just like, yeah, and that shit started with me for the whole way levels, man. Like, I can tell right now the author is 11. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, I can tell you that. I can confirm that. He didn't, he did not let me forget that that whole year. And I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm actually just, I'm, I'm actually dumb. That was also, that was something that I found like wild in it. Cause like, Michael, you, James were like considered like among the smartest people in a year. And then I was just there. Like you guys are talking about like I don't know physics, like some quantum shit. I'm just there like can we go get KFC? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 how it is. That was. That's like I feel like a lot of what we said so far kind of ties to, ties together in the sense that uh, I don't I don't I'm trying not to say in a, it's such a like Armageddon way, but it's like an identity thing, right? Not quite an not quite a crisis, but a thing of like you know different ethnicity to everyone else. Um, mm. You're in a group where you might not be the same, uh, not intellectual level, like okay, academic level. Uh, obviously, coming to a, a new country where it doesn't really feel like home, and then traveling again for for NS and you don't really feel like belonging either. It's like, it seems like you have a, a whole lot going on that <laughs> is, so yeah, something that we that's not really talked about enough, like the whole element of identity and finding out, mm. you know, really learning who you are as a, as an individual, as opposed to like a part of this country or that country. Yeah, 100%, man. But how would you say, like, because you, you mentioned a bit of like, talks of masculinity and I was someone to talk to, like, Obviously, in school, from like year seven onwards, we've had each other. But 
how would you say you've re- like how have you really grown and stuff outside of that because like i didn't yeah, i didn't I mean, even realize how deep <laughs> some of these things were until just now this conversation but bro by hitting me with a deep question bro um <laughs> that's uh, the, yeah, the yeah. intellect way yeah 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 um i mean going from like let's say that like, me coming to living in london and growing up in london and stuff mm. we're always we're always taught for our parents like you know, indian culture and so like with indian culture is like obviously we loved it songs, the, music, the, the movies, food, the traditions and all that. And as we grew up, it was like, I, I, I knew that I am Singaporean. That was my identity. That I, I'm a Singaporean kid. These are my traditions and stuff. Yeah. And as I grew up, it was like, my traditions grew to like, you know, uh, the, the World Cup or this and that. And how to explain it like, like instead of like just thinking about and loving Indian food I also started loving like the Sunday roast go to a pub on a Sunday have a pint have a Sunday roast with the family or get a fish and chips that kind of stuff and then obviously it starts combining the two you know so like that's what I'm saying like I, I can't say like I am Singaporean I can't say I'm, I'm a Londoner and that already yeah. started back. It was like, is that this thing of why can't I enjoy a bit of both? And then I had friends from different backgrounds as well. You know? yeah. Like Michael introduced me to like different cuisine from like the Caribbean and stuff. He introduced me to the different ways that you guys cook food. Especially when you had that barbecue and you were like, no, nah, this, this is how we do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like learning and it's not learning like things and, and looking at it like, what is this? I feel like I, I feel like identity is something. It's just it's not something you can copy and paste into any significant person. But like especially yeah. growing up, me and my siblings went through this very very similar thing, as you can imagine, right? Like we're at home, we're dealing with stuff at home, then we're going out and dealing with the stuff on the outside world in mm. our school community and like the different ethnic groups that we we like mix around with and talk to and chill with and all that and we're learning from that we're like, taking in so much information so we were like on the same page up until the point that I left I left Singapore and then I came here and then there was this whole learning curve of like why can't I be Singaporean but also share my experiences when I lived abroad right yeah so I guess when you say like what is my identity right now is like it's more figuring out where I fit in the world. Or like what is my on a bigger scale, what's my purpose? Like? What is yeah, what's my purpose? Like why why am I actually here? What do I actually want to accomplish and do? What do I want to share? And I feel like this like identity thing is not it's not exclusive to a certain group. It's not, it doesn't matter about your race, religion, background, creed, you know, like sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. Your, 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 your identity is your identity. Just everyone goes through that journey and it's not just me. So I yeah. feel like there's things that three, four years ago that you had an opinion on something 
and then now you feel completely different about that that topic, wherever it might be. Mm. You know, like in a trivial sense, you mean you could have had a bounty three years ago and been like, this is this is this is garbage. What is this topic? But then over time, like someone, you know, like you experience whatever, like or every day you just you have no choice to eat a bounty, and then now if I give you a bounty, you're just like, yeah. I'll have that. Thank you very much. Yeah, said no one ever, but continue. Example in the yeah, bounty, bounty is trash. But, um, <laughs> bounty is trash. I don't know why I went in bounty in it. I just, I just thought, what is a treat? <laughs> the yeah, I, bounty. I was like, I, I don't like this guy about identity, and you're bringing up bounty. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so, to be honest, in a way, I'm a bounty. You know what I mean? I'm a bounty. In, 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 I mean, I'm brown outside, brown on the inside. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> 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 Mad. yeah, man, deeper meanings, bro. <laughs> so this, the... <laughs> this is an A star English GCSE. Yo, this is a. I would have filmed my speaking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Did you understand the questions that yes? Why are you talking about bounties? I don't know. Sad <laughs> about sad about that bounty, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah man, but yeah, going back to it, I feel like identity is something that everyone everyone deals with in it. Mm. And uh, like I said, it doesn't matter but race, religion, creed, background, ethnicity, whatever it is, sexual orientation, it doesn't matter. Everyone goes through that journey, it's about finding yourself. Especially at the stage that we're in right now, there's so much information, there's so many choices and options and influences out there. So many, like, the pressure is in it. Like, mm. like I'm, I'm pretty sure in our heads, like, when we were, like, say, 18, 19, we're thinking, oh, by the time I'm 25 or, or 26 or 30, like, we sound like set, like, this limit, like, oh, by this age, I need to, I need to be married, I need to have a house, I need to have a school job, and I need to have a dog, a dog called blah, 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 and, and all this, I need to have my life set. You know what I mean? But I think everyone needs to realize that you all have your own blocks and timelines. Yeah, so just yeah. because someone's like, doing better than you doesn't mean that they're always going to be doing better than you. They're just doing better than you right now. But like, who's to say where you're going to be in six months, a year, two years, a decade? You don't know, you know, you just gotta do your own thing and grind. Mm. And that's one thing that I, I learned, man. Like, just trying not to compare yourself to other people. I didn't like, not saying don't compare, it's good to, it's good, honestly, it's good to compare it. It's like, that's a benchmark of where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah. But don't think about it so seriously, or like, don't put yourself down, or like, to make yourself in that place of, I'm not. I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not good enough. Like you just, there's literally the age that you need to explore different things. Now, I was speaking to Simona, um, age ago. And, uh, yeah, she was speaking to her and I said to her, like, I think, personally, I believe that the ages of like 20 to 25 is a good time for us to like go into like different jobs and different roles. And in terms of like what I spoke, spoke about before in it. You want a job where you're moving about, you're active and you're talking to people, or like a job where you're just in a 
in a, an office by yourself, focus getting your work done, yeah, or like traveling or you want a, a place that is a stable, like set place that you go to every day, like all these different things. Are you someone that you want to be speaking a lot, not speaking a lot, someone that is working in a group, not working in a group, all these kind of things. But like the age, like the ages that we are right now, like 2025, that's literally the time we have the, the pretty much experiment, isn't it? Experiment always. Mm. I think going back to, um, yeah, just going back to, in terms of identity, that also works in with identity. It makes, it just makes you learn more about yourself. And the more you know about yourself, the, you'll just be better prepared to make better decisions in it. Yeah, yeah. Just being honest with yourself. I mean, like I realized that, like I said, that like I, I'm someone that I can't, I can't be sat in one place for like the majority of the day. I need to be moving around. I need to be talking to people, and that's something I, 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 re- I realized about myself in it. And like my job starts okay. Job satisfaction, satisfaction, satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. My job satisfaction right now is, I would say, it's pretty high because I'm able to do that. I'm able to go around talk to people, all that kind of stuff. It was good. Mm-hmm. It could change, but now it's good. Yeah, I hear that, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a follow up question, but you kind of. That's pretty comprehensive for me. <laughs> I do think there's a like, a slight element in terms of, of like, like yeah, go on. Huh? I was no, gonna no, say go like, on. you can learn a lot from um, what's the because I can't remember what it's called, but I remember I came across a term called third culture kid, where it's neither of us will apply to it, but it's like your parents are born in one place, um, uh-huh. you were born in another place, and then the third thing is like your host country, so like where you're actually from. And that's kind of like, you have three different cultures and it's hard to to pick one. But I think, yeah, man, on the topic of like finding yourself, I've definitely always tried to find a balance between like straight up, you know, and going on holiday or like doing things that are unproductive, but also like banging these different jobs, reading these different books and trying to do things that are, that will give you, what's the, what's the good word for that? Social capital, I guess, for lack of a better word. But it's these mm. things that you can, I don't know, put on your CV or just say you've done these cool stories. And yeah, I feel like as far as that goes, like it ties into what you said before as well about making the most of um, national service. Like you wanted to go there and come back with saying I've actually done stuff. I've actually worked towards this goal. And yeah, yeah I think, yeah, it's it's nice to see that things all, all tie together <laughs> in some capacity at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, man, NS, yeah, no, yeah, all my experience was, was great, man. It was good. Quick flex. Got a few medals as well. Some awards. <laughs> Mad. Actually, yeah, I don't think I've even asked yet. How, because you mentioned um, you wanted to make yourself proud. Like, explore that. Let's, 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 let's deep dive into that. <laughs> How good was it? How far oh, did you get? Oh. How many guys did you face? Okay, I think like making myself proud is um, obviously different people is, like, subjective, isn't it? Mm. But uh, all right, quick, 
quick story. Basically, my dad was in the army for like 10 years. And then as soon as I came, as, as soon as I like moved to London, from day one, like I was seven years old, he was always telling me like, yeah, you're going to go back when you're, you're 18, you're going to be a man, you're going to join the army. So from a young age, I was already been told that. Yeah. And like my dad, my, my dad brought us up in a pretty, hmm, regimental household. You know what I mean? So this is my way of like, not just making myself proud, but like kind of saying to him and showing him like, like I'm a man. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not like just a small kid anymore. I'm not like yeah, some mature guy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I just stayed focused, man. I stayed focused. I did what, I believe to be the right thing. A lot of times it got me in trouble because like I was peak up against higher ups and um like if I see something that's that's going wrong or like they're not doing the right thing, they're not following protocol, they're not following the safety measures, like I was peak up because I believed it was the right thing. And mm. it got me in a lot of trouble, didn't it? it I did I definitely got in trouble for that kind of stuff. But then in the long run no, like you, you obviously you tend to forget about these kind of things. And um, then suddenly I was like getting things like soldier of the month, you know what I mean? Or like they called me up for like some kind of commendation and all this kind of stuff. Or like a higher up would call me into the office and talk to me and be like, I know what you did was against the rules, but it was the right thing to do. So, like just, just know that, just be proud of yourself. Yeah. Just know that you did the right thing. Mm. Yeah, these kind of things. And then on a smaller level, I mean, on a smaller level and a bigger level in some sense, it's like the fact that I had people that would trust me enough to come up to me to ask me for like advice would be able to open up emotionally or like just talk about things. It means a lot because yeah. like, again, as a leader, you need to, you need to be able to be that person that, yeah, you can, can lay down the groundwork and, yeah, be straight and be like, no, we need to follow this and get things done. But at the same time, like, you need to be human. You need to understand your men. You need to understand your team. But mm. the fact that these things, it kind of, it just kind of showed me, like, one of my friends told me that when I was going through a tough time, like, he said to me, like, like, if you were even half the man you are right now, you'd still be doing a better job than most of us. And that pretty much hit for a minute at home because it was just it just made me realize that whatever I'm doing I'm I'm like I'm not even taking a moment to stop and think about wow I'm doing a great job it's just, it's just like just go just keep just keep going like, don't stop don't look back mm-hmm. um, yeah man I'm proud to say that I finished when I came out of the army I had uh, I think I was going what was it what's this thing for I got this little medallion in there. I got this medallion. I don't know what's the actual name. For it. It's a commando coin. Okay. Commando coin. I got like this letter of commendation. I got like, this couple, this recognitions and awards and stuff. That um, I thought like when I got these commendations and awards, that I was gonna be like, you know, like, when you call out your name, then you just in your head you're like gonna be gas. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I said that first time I got called up for the award. I didn't even know it was, I was getting called up for the award, innit? But they said my name and I was like, just kind of stood there like a bit shook. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I, I wasn't expecting it. So I went up to my award. And as I shook hands, like, mad emotions, man. Mad emotions. I was like, 
Oh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, is that like, you? Is that that realizing that your hard work pays off? Mm-hmm. Like, just you sticking to you and, and sticking true to yourself, it pays off. That's mad. Yeah, and then obviously I was able to like show that to like my family and my mum, even my dad, and like it's emotional, man, because it's like. I mean, you know that you're coming over here and you're leaving your family and it goes back to that thing of like, I don't want to come back empty-handed. But I was, mm. I was saying, like, I'm going to go all out and I want to come back with at least that thing of being able to say that I've experienced this, this and this. In terms of verbal experiences, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to show that to your family and like, you like video call them and stuff and then showing them that. Yeah, it's, it's it was good moments, man. It was, it was, I was proud, man. And like even now when I come back, I don't know when I'm going to come back, but when I do come back, like, I know they say be humble and stuff, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a shelf of like all my accolades. I'm going to put like two different lights shining on it. So if you step into my yard, like, it's just right there. And the first thing, I'm not, I'm not going to say, do you want some of the drink? I'll be like, oh, this, this is just something, it's just not, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely guessing about it. Definitely guessing about it. Yeah, that's cold. Like, yeah, man. Also, whenever, whenever, gone. Yeah, just one of those things that making my family proud. I mean, mm. you, Michael, and Gareth, there. Literally, you were there in person when like, you guys sent me off at the airport when I was first coming to Singapore. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think you really, I think, <laughs> I think for you guys at first it was a bit awkward, isn't it? Because like, again, you know me as that guy, I'm always like joking around, I'm like calm. Mm. And everything was calm on the day, there was no like emotions or like, oh, take care, and do this and do that. There was no emotions, there was no talk like that. Like, please make sure you call, there was nothing like that. It was just like, everything was calm. But as mm. soon as we got to the gate and I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to get on the flight now. I think you, Michael, and sorry, Evan was like, all right, cool, we're going to get on the flight now. Here, come. Out of nowhere, man, everyone just starts like crying and shit, mad emotions, man. I remember, I remember I came up to you and like, I was like, yeah, bye, bro. So you did it to be like, yeah, just don't get your tears on my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm a man, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was, yeah. Uh, I've been complaining, Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> just shrug me off like get on the plane man yeah. get in your shit on my this guy yeah so it's like it's one of those things isn't it so like obviously it's like a lot of emotions and stuff mm-hmm. and like, it meant a lot to me just to obviously make myself proud and make them proud isn't it yeah 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 I hear that man especially if I know that is going to be bragging rights for them. Asian parents love bragging rights, my lord. Like top trumps for them. Talk to another Asian parent. <laughs> like, oh, my, my son's in this uni. Or, guess what? My son's in the army. He's the best one there. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, and you got proof. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I've got <laughs> proof. What has your son got? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It happens. It happens in the family. Ask, ask anyone. 
ask any Asian kid it happens. I mean it can happen in other cultures but I wouldn't I wouldn't I can't say I know or have I experienced that, obviously. Mm. No, we we get it a lot as well in black households. Mm. Does that, that com- there's always being compared to like um your mum's friends, sisters, kids, some shit. Mm. Why did no, it's I'm, funny. I'm think. Your... Yeah, go on. That just remind, well, not reminded me, but it just clicked in my head. You know, how the older generation always kind of looked down on us and millennials as well. It's like, you know, you guys kind of live for likes. All you do is try and get the approval of others. I'll let li- you just yeah. fuck now, but you're saying that, like, our parents are exactly the same. The only difference is I want, well, like, not me in particular, but young people, we look for, you know, likes or whatever. They will like live vicariously through their kids until they can brag to all their friends. Like fucking hell, <laughs> like yeah, they're the same. actually changed. Yeah, they're the same. It's all Everyone... about bragging rights. Exactly, man. Exactly. We we all have that 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 thing in us of like we just want to be better than the other person for no reason as well. It can be like I remember. Oh, I remember my, <laughs> my dad, man. Oh god, you know how my dad is. You know what I mean? That like, you personally know how my dad is. Yeah, but for those that for those that don't know, I'll put it this way: that my dad is a very prideful person. Who, he, yeah, he just likes to flex on people, even even if it's a lie. Mm. <laughs> he <just> like <laughs> yeah. So I remember, like, I remember once uh, he went to like the local shop. Like, he will flex on people that he doesn't even need to flex to. Went to like <laughs> the, the corner shop. This guy, this Indian guy, just in there, just just doing his job. You know, came to the country just to work and. Just run his corner shop, man. To do his business. My dad strikes up a convo with him. He's like, oh, so what, are you, uh, what are you doing? What are you working as? As if it's not obvious. He's obviously working in the damn shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then, he, then my dad asked him, like, and my dad, this day he just came back from the dentist, isn't it? Mm. And the dentist said, said to my dad, like, oh, you've got good teeth. Stuff like that. My dad, I swear, <laughs> I swear down, he literally was like, ask the shopkeeper. He's like, oh, do you, you went the last time you went to the dentist. I was like, I was just there in the back, like, seriously, man, why, why you gotta do this to yourself? <laughs> I was like, when the dentist, like, asking him about his dental records and stuff like that. And then the guy mm-hmm. said it's been some time since he went to the dentist and like his tooth is hurting and blah blah blah. Obviously, isn't it? Because like he's he's struggling. He's running a corner shop. He ain't got time to go to the dentist. That's expensive stuff. What? Straight down, my dad looks at him and he just starts smiling and showing off his teeth. And the world, the dentist just told me, I've got some of the best teeth he's ever seen. So, screw you, corner shop man. I'm just there. Like, why, man? Why? See, now I've got to walk like another, another 15 minutes to the next corner shop just because you wanted to flex your teeth, bro. Just keep your mouth shut. Always, okay. always do the dumb. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> What a guy, what a guy. Matt. You know, I remember one time I got slapped as well, you know, when I was very young. Because my dad was lying about something. I can't remember mm. what he was lying about. I just caught him in a bold face, like. He was just talking, I don't know who, one of my neighbours, isn't he? He was just chatting to them, he was lying. I just yeah. seemed like, like, wow, that's not happened. He just smiled at me, and he was like, <laughs> as soon as you're out of, like, ear shot and, like, eye shot, eye shot, out of like visual range, whatever you call it, man. Yeah, of that yeah, name. Yeah. Bam, he stopped coming by the collar and just slapped me. 
Like not even once, no. Like, eku, like fatality slap. No more, no more. Time to do it, and I was like, what do I even do? I'm telling the truth. He told me to tell the truth, and he's like, mm. no, when I lying, like, I. <laughs> Yeah, I guess telling the truth got to pick your moments <laughs> <laughs> oh man we, we all have that man you know those, I mean? those are the ones those are the ones those are the days man just getting pissed like by your dad in the middle of the street uh, don't miss that at all I had one with my mum um, she must have bought a bunch of like teddy bears during like the day after Valentine's goes on sale and it's like 10p for these bears and she must have oh, stacked. Right. I, think she, I think she still does it as well. She like stacks up on things when they're on sale for later on. So we, mm-hmm. I must have been like six, seven years old. She goes to her friend's house and it's her friend's birthday. So she gives her like a card and a bear that costs like 10p or some shit. And then the woman's so like, she's happy. I was like, oh, thank you, Lise. Like, oh, I'm so grateful for the present, blah, blah. She's like, oh, so where'd you get this from? Mum's, she lied. She's like Harrods or some shit. I can't remember what she said. It's something expensive. <laughs> and then I was saying, like, mum, didn't you get that in, in Sainsbury's for 10p? <laughs> And the way mom said, like, turn around, looked into my soul, like, how dare you? <laughs> I had no idea what was coming when I got home that day, man. <laughs> I still walk with a limp, like. He's <laughs> that sharp hit to do it. That sharp person and that open wide, the wide eye glare, just yeah, like you said, into your soul, bro. Off, oh, when you when you get here with that look, yeah, as as a kid growing up like we did, um, you just know, just shut up for the rest of the day. Innit? Yeah, just man. Do everything right to reduce damage. If she's carrying groceries, ask us if she needs help. When you get home, just before she even says anything, start washing dishes and and just throw her in the floor <laughs> for no reason. Just to show that you're still a good kid. <laughs> you're still gonna get whacked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh man, that, that damage control, man. Damage Jeez. control, exactly. Mum, are you hungry? Shut up. Okay, mum. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Back out the room. <laughs> oh, man. Um, childhood, man. That's that's the childhood, I guess, as a as a I want to say colored person, but I mean it, it could be for some not colored people. But anyway, childhood for let's say parents that don't know what they're doing in it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a firstborn problem. I feel like yo, hundred percent, that's hundred percent for me as well. Like, I mean, obviously you are you're the firstborn, you're the oldest, mm. like you're the, you're the oldest and you're a guy. For me. My sister's done all this, but me being the firstborn son, I was always treated as the oldest. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just didn't understand that until later on in it. Like one time, like I was already at home, my sister came home late, and for some reason, she didn't get questioned though. My dad just came, she just kicked the door, came into our room, looked at me, and he was like, "Why is your sister late?" <laughs> How am I supposed to know, bro? <laughs> I'm here failing C3 of my math exam, and you ask me why my sister's late. Like, can you can you fix up? Go talk to her, and she'll tell you why she's late. 
Dumb stuff. Yeah, man. That that doesn't go away as well. That does not go away. Until you move out on it. That's why I'm glad I moved out. I'm glad I moved out. Like, obviously, I miss, like, you know, having people around and blah, blah, blah. But, like, having your own space and, like, stuff and just, just working in it. Whoa. Let's speed a minute. Mm-hmm. To me, I hear that a lot, to be fair. Like, a lot of my friends are saying this, have a similar sentiment where it's like, we just want to move out because there are so many issues at home that you just, you just can't fix. But then, mm. actually, yeah, because I guess when you're in Singapore, you were, whilst you were still doing the um, NS, you were with your family as well. But then, would you not say, because I know we talked about it a bit before this as well, but you kind of appreciate yeah. family a bit more once you, like the grass is always greener kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, the best thing, the best way I can explain this, because I, I had a conversation about this recently, is, um, Okay, basically, every family, every family, I don't care who you are, every family has their own shit going on. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Everyone. But, and obviously it's easy to say, like, oh, I want to move out, I want to move out. But it's kind of that thing of, like, once you move out, you have to realize it's not just you moving out to escape that issue. You have to realize that when you move out, you're going to be faced with a whole different set of issues. Yeah, yeah. Because in life, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something you've got to deal with, isn't it? So that once you move out, then obviously, like, what you're going to have to do with living with your parents is build or rent or, like, making sure there's food for you at home every single day. Or, like, tea or, or coffee or something. Or, like, washing your own clothes. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, especially I, you don't really wash your own clothes. Yeah, like, yeah. There's small things. We take for granted that once we move out, we're like, oh, shit, we've got to do it ourselves. Those kind of things, in it? And then it, that takes a toll as well because you're trying to do what you normally do, which is, I mean, whether it's uni or studies or your internship or your job, like you're trying to, you still need to keep that up, but at the same time, you still have so many more responsibilities mm-hmm. because of the need to move out. So I think a lot, I think my advice to anyone who's thinking about moving out in that situation of like they're trying to they just had enough and need their own space to think about these kind of things in it before you move yeah, up yeah. it's a lot, a lot bigger and you see the big picture and grocery shopping is not cheap no it's not cheap at all that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially if you're not if you don't prep yeah I think men- mental prep is, is the key thing. Like you need to, yeah, you need to be mentally prepared, isn't it? Because mm. I would say like, yeah, you can prep like, oh, okay, I need this and that, and actually, I need to get toiletries and food and like get my laundry done. My rent is this and that. I need to put this aside, save this amount. You can do all that. But when I say mental prep, I mean like life. Life is just have a look at it. Like, it's, it's unexpected. Unexpected things happen all the time. Yeah, yeah. You just get hit with a, with like a curveball, and you need to be able to like adapt and react. You know what I mean? If something goes wrong or it doesn't go to plan, you can't just panic and sit there like, oh, what now? It's gonna go to plan. Like you need to be able to rectify the situation, isn't it? Work with it. You can't mm. change what happens. So 
okay, what's the next what's the next step like, what can you do what is available to you look check your resources check what is the possible route and then decide what's the best route to take that's how i do it Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. I think having been at uni for four years, I've kind of come to a similar conclusion, but it's kind of like the ball's in your court. So, I mean, yeah, there yeah. are kind of two ways to tackle it. It's like you can either, you know, miss, no, I don't know. It's like you can copy your parents' formula by like, I don't know, going to Sainsbury's if they went to Sainsbury's or, you know, wherever, doing the same things. Or you kind of learn your own style. And I think, the quicker you learn your own style and like get your finances in check and everything, the possibilities mm-hmm. are endless. Like life's fun if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, like for those that went to you, I feel like, and I feel like that's one of the things that um is similar in terms of my experience. Obviously, moving to a different country, blah blah blah. And people that have gone to uni, obviously, mm-hmm. majority when they uni, they move out and they move out of their family home, go live with different people, or live in, I mean, wherever it is, with a boom. I feel like that's something that is consistent. All these kind of different things that at first you just you just kind of run wild with it. You know what I mean? Unless you're actually that mature, like your first month, everything goes sweet and you're not eating like three bowls of ramen a day. A lot of us, like me included, like I see that, I see the money and then I'm like, oh, I've got freedom, I've got my own place. I run, I run wild with it. Like, like irresponsible. And then over yeah, time, yeah. you just kind of learn, learn it. You, you learn like, a, like the right way to do things or the appropriate way to do things. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, it's true, man. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, I got, I got no follow-ups. <laughs> I think. You are, this has been how long? Has it been running for like what, two hours. Almost, almost two hours now. Yeah. That's basically. So, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to ask like a quick fire mm. question, then like very brief. Cool. Like. From going through, like, you know, obviously what you've been through. I don't know, like, was it, I want to say, was it worth it? But I don't think that's the right question to ask. It's like, would you do things differently if you could, if you could go back? I wouldn't, man. I really no wouldn't. Regrets. Yeah, I think I said this to you before, as, um... I, I try to obviously like yes, it have regrets, but like, I I try to always say that like I try not to have any regrets because no matter what like good or bad things happen to you, at the point you're at right now, it's because of every single decision you made, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, it made you who you are right now. It? It's all a lesson. Say again. It's all a yeah, it's, it's all, all lessons. lessons isn't it? Yeah, it's all lessons, man. It's all lessons. It's all positive. And growing, making mistakes and, and all that kind of stuff. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. Mm. Love that, man. All right. I think for for our first in, interview, that's calm. That's basically what I got for today. Sweet, bro. Yo, thanks for having me. Shout out to Hounslow. 
<laughs> Shout out to St. Mark's. Shout out to St. Mark's, shout out to Hounslow. Fuck B-side, fuck B-side again, I've got to get that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>